today, more than preaching today, I just want to remind us who we are. We are the greatest organism in the world. The church of Jesus Christ is the greatest organism in the world. Why is it the greatest organism in the world? Because it was created, excuse my scientific term, because it was created by an extraterrestrial. It was created by Jesus who lived in heaven, who lived at the right hand of the Father. And he left heaven. He left his dwelling place. He came to the earth. He's the first E.T. It ain't E.T. for home. E.T. ain't got nothing on Jesus. He came from heaven. And John chapter 1 verse, verse 3 says, And he dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of mercy and truth. And Jesus, when he came to the earth, he came to do several things. First and foremost, he came to become the payment. The payment. Because when man sinned, man owed God. That's why God told Adam, don't eat from the tree because the day you eat from the tree, you will surely die. And the Bible also says in Romans 3, 23, that the wages of, death, of, of, the wages of sin is death. What is a wage? Wages is what you get paid at the end of the week. When you go to work and you work 40 hours, your wages is you're going to get paid for what you've worked. The wages of sin, the payment of sin was death. And so because we had sinned before God, we owed God our wages. But here's the deal. None of us qualified to pay the debt. None of us. None of us. So Jesus had to come, become like us, die on the cross to pay our debt so that now through that debt he paid, which is Paul uses in the Greek, the phrase agorazo, which means to be bought out of a slave market. And, and, and after he paid us off, he gives us the privilege to become the church. To become the church. So why did Jesus come to the earth? He came to save us. But simultaneously to save us, he came to establish the church. But he didn't establish the church. Oh, thank you. Whoever got me this, thank you. But he didn't establish the church until he established the principles of how the church ought to be. And this is why when you read the Bible, the Bible always said that Jesus came to establish the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is what Jesus came to establish so that the church could function. He couldn't establish the church until first he taught on the kingdom. Because the church, the, the, the anchor on which the church is going to stand besides Christ is the kingdom. So for three years and four months, Jesus picked and discipled and trained 12 individuals. And he was teaching them about the kingdom 
not for kingdom's sake. He was teaching them about the kingdom for the church's sake. But he couldn't give us, he couldn't give them the church without them understanding the kingdom. Because if God gave them the church and they didn't know how to work the church, the church would have collapsed. So what does he do? He teaches us the kingdom principles. Matthew chapter 5. Parables, teachings, miracles, signs and wonders. He teaches his disciples for three years and four months the importance of kingdom principles. And right when Jesus is at the cusp of his successful ministry, right where he's at the pinnacle of success, everybody likes him, everybody loves him, the dude is doing miracles left and right, etc. Jesus feels like it's time to put these 12 guys that I've been putting through a process, teaching them on the kingdom principles, it's time to put them through the test. Because let me tell you, whenever God gets ready, to give you more, he's going to first put you through a test. You cannot pass from one, yeah, that's my train. You can't pass from one grade in high school to another grade in high school. You can't go from one year in college to the next year in college unless you go through a test. The test, the exam, will let you know and your professor know how much you know to determine whether or not you have to repeat the grade or you can go to the next grade. So Jesus, for three and a half years, he was teaching his disciples kingdom principles. And now is test time. The time to take the test came. And of all places, Jesus could have taken his disciples to take the exam. He could have taken them to go to the Sanhedrin. He could have taken them to go to the synagogue. He could have taken them to go to, I don't know, Nicodemus' house. He could have taken them to go, I don't know, to Lazarus' house. The guy, was, he, he was wealthy. He could, of all of the places, he could have taken his disciples to give him the test. He takes them to a place. This is Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 25, 30. He takes them to a place called Caesarea of Philippi. Jesus is going to put his 12 disciples. Remember, 12, the 12 disciples represents the church. 12 represents government. He, 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 he's, he, he's taking the 12 and he's about to find out, do you know and do you have knowledge of all that I taught you these entire three and a half years? And what does he do? He takes him to Caesarea Philippi. Why Caesarea of Philippi? He takes them there because of the test he's going to give them. This wasn't coincidental. This was not an accident. Jesus found the right scenario to expose his disciples to because of the two questions he was going to ask them, which was going to determine if they were going to pass the test or they were going to fail the test. And he takes them to Caesarea of Philippi. Now why Caesarea of Philippi? Caesarea of Philippi was a place, first of all, was a pagan Gentile place. And it was known for multiplicity of gods. They had that, the god called Dagon. 
Samaramis, Eglon, they had the sun god, the moon god, the water god, the rain god, the animal god. They had gods for everything. Everybody worshipped all different types of gods. And Jesus takes them to a place where there can be a lot of confusion and in the midst of a bunch of gods, he says, this is the right place to see if you could pass the test. And he asked them two questions in his final exam. Question number one, who do men say that I am? And they started saying, well, some say you're, some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say you're one of the prophets. And Jesus said, good, you passed 50% of the test. They passed the first half of the test. Now it's time for the final exam. And he asks them, and who do you say that I am? Jesus was interested in knowing not what they heard of the people say of who Jesus was. Jesus was interested in knowing who do they know Jesus was. Because some of us, we have, some of us, the only image we have of Jesus Christ is other people's opinions of Christ. Some of us, we only know Jesus because of our auntie and our grandmama and our friends and our neighbors and our BFFs. But God wants to take you and I to a place where you can have a personal relationship with God. In the midst of all of these gods, he's asking you, do you know who I am? And the Bible says, and Peter stood up and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus, in essence, is saying, I'm going to give you some keys. I'm going to give you the keys. Listen, he don't give him the keys to your Toyota. He didn't give him the keys to your apartment. He ain't going to give you keys to your little broken down, I don't know, whatever. You, he says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. But I can't give my keys to someone who doesn't know who I am. Because if I give you the keys to my kingdom and you don't know who I am, you're going to take my keys and you're going to abuse people. You're going to take my keys and, you, and you're going to build your own kingdom. You're going to take my keys and you're going to abuse what I'm going to give you. So before I give you the kingdom, who am I? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who are in heaven. And I tell you, Peter, that upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And listen to me, listen to me. This is the first time in the entire Bible that the word church is mentioned. The word church is not mentioned in a synagogue. The word church is not mentioned in a, in, a, I don't know, in a Sanhedrin, Cedric. The word church is not mentioned in Jerusalem. The word church is not mentioned in the tribe of Judah. The word church is not mentioned in the tribe of Benjamin. The word church is mentioned in the midst of all of these pagan gods. What am I trying to tell you? That the God you serve and the God I serve has more power, is more able, is more able to do abundantly and above than what we could ever imagine and think and fathom. And if you think that the God of segregation is big, if you think that the God of racism is big, if you think that the God of fear is big, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm glad, I'm glad that God started the church 
in a hostile environment. I'm glad that God started the church in the middle of Dagon, in the middle of Eglon, in the middle of Samaramis, in the middle of the God of rain and the God of money. Peter said, my God is bigger than money. My God is bigger than the sun. My God is bigger than Dagon. Listen, listen. And he does all this. And he says, I'm going to build my church. Not on, the not on the temple. Not on synagogue. I'm going to build it on this revelation. Anyone who knows that I am the Christ will no longer be Simon, which means unstable. They will become Peter, which means rock solid. Everyone who has a relation, an identity of who Christ is becomes rock solid. Jesus, oh, I got seven minutes. Jesus starts the church in a place of tension. Caesarea of Philippi. Jesus says, as long as you know that I'm the Christ, doesn't matter what happens, doesn't matter what you go through, doesn't matter who rises up against you, whether it's Caligula, whether it's Caesars, whether it's Herod, whether it doesn't matter. If you know that I am the Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now listen, you would think that that would be enough. You would think that that's all it needs, it's all it takes. But look at what happens. In chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. Chapter 16, verses 13 through 30. Is this episode in Caesarea of Philippi. But look what the Bible says in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 17. Look what it says. Six days Somebody say six. You know what we're celebrating? We're celebrating our sixth birthday. Now what the, you know what happened on the sixth day? You know what happened on the sixth day? God created man on the sixth day. Now, the creation of man on the sixth day is not that important. What's important on the sixth day was not only that God created man, but God blew his spirit in man. Man without spirit was nothing. So what brings validity to the existence of man was the spirit of God implemented and deposited in man. Because let me, I feel, I feel like preaching today. What makes us a powerful church is not that our end is big and green in the middle of the light. No, that's not it. What makes us a great church is not that we have light and a bucket. And No, no, no. What makes our church great is the fact that we understand that this church is led by the Spirit of God. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. Listen, listen. It was on the sixth day where God put spirit in man. Look what happens. Look what happens. Chapter 17. Chapter 16, the church is founded on the rock. The church is, is built on Christ Jesus. The church is established in Jesus. But now Jesus is kind of like telling the disciples, y'all got, got this down packed. Great. But there's another element that y'all need. And he says, six days after, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John represent the church. Peter, James, and John represents the church. Somebody say, the church. 
When you go to Acts chapter 3, verse 1 and on, you're going to see the story of the guy who was lame at the gate called Beautiful. And the Bible says that when everybody was walking in the temple, there was a guy who was paralyzed. And everybody walked in the temple, ignored this guy, except for Peter and John. Somebody say Peter. And somebody say John. What does Peter represent? Peter represents power. It was through Peter that the shadow of Peter healed the sick. Peter represents power. John represents love. The church of Jesus Christ has got to have the capacity to work in the name of the Lord, but in the power of the Spirit and loving one another. You know that there are churches that they have a lot of power and they have a little bit of love? And you have a lot of churches that have a lot of love and they have a little bit of power. But something happened when Peter and John come together, when the power of the So Jesus says, Jesus says, y'all know who I am. I established the church, but here's what the church needs to know. I need to take power and I need to take love and we're going to go up to the mountain. Listen, we got to go higher. Touch your neighbor tell them, we got to go higher. 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 God's got bigger things. God's got greater things. God's got stronger things. Look what it does. And he led them up high in the mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. You know what I've been asking myself? What in the world were they talking about? It wasn't talking about Instagram tweets. They wasn't talking about how many friends you got on Instagram and how many likes you got. And I'm gonna put, no, no. What were they talking about? Jesus was talking with Elijah, and Jesus was talking with Moses. I want you to see it. 16, Matthew 16, God establishes the church. 16, God takes the representation of the church six days later, and he says, I need to take you up higher, and I'm going to expose you to two things that you need to be as a church. To be an effective church, there's two things you need. Number one, he showed him Moses. What does Moses represent? Moses represents the law. It was Moses who received the Ten Commandments. It was Moses who gave the Levitical order how to work in the temple. It was Moses who gave instructions on how the Levites and the ministers and the cantors and the singers and the priests and everybody. So Moses represents the Word of God, the law of God. And Elijah represents fire from heaven the Holy Spirit what is Jesus teaching the church that in order to be an effective church we need the name of the Lord we need the power of the Holy Spirit and we need the Word of God and when you have that listen when you have that it doesn't matter that you don't have a building when you have that it doesn't matter that the church is shut down when you have that all you need is his name is his presence and his word and wherever that is the church of jesus is alive to the glory of the father so i'm gonna close with this so six days later jesus exposes the church to the importance of having the fire of the Holy Ghost and the power of God's Word. We started this church six years ago. 38 people in my living room. 38. And half of them were my brothers and sisters and nephews and nieces. We started in my living room. We didn't have much, but we believed God. 
And then God blessed us. The opportunity to have our first service at a high school, Osceola High School. And here's what's crazy. I can't tell you how many times we had to make adjustments when we showed up to the church. Because the girl that opens the school from the, from, from, the, from the school, she'll fall asleep and then come on time. Parts of the ceiling in a service one time fell in the middle of the floor. The ACs wouldn't work. They we're kind of used to that already. <laughs> there were times they would shut down the school on us and we couldn't meet. But the church never stopped being the church. Because God didn't come to establish four walls. He came to establish the church. And the church is anchored on who he is, on his word, and the power of his spirit. And we've seen God do so much these past six years. God allowed us to plant churches. We have four churches to the glory of God. God allowed us to mentor 29 churches and pastors through our fellowship network. God allowed us now to be part of a bigger family with, with TIR Church and, and Lakeland and Calvario. And we're literally touching thousands to the glory of the Lord. But this did not happen for any other reason other than if Christ is the center. And we live by his word. And we're filled with his spirit. And we take the role of Peter and John. Power. Walking in conjunction with love. So I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter how you walk in the doors. It doesn't matter what experience you had in another church. It doesn't matter. You know what? I, don't, I haven't been to church in a long time because last time I went to church, they hurt me. I want to apologize for every church and every member and every person from church that hurt you. That's not the church of Christ. But pastor, I don't look like you. You don't have to look like me. You have to look like him. But pastor, I'm not like everybody else. You don't have to be like everybody else. You just have to want to love Jesus, and he will do the rest. So to you that are here, friend, we are celebrating six years of anniversary of all that God has done. And we want to include you today into this journey. Include him in your life. Make Jesus the Lord of your master. In the midst of all of your gods, call it whatever your gods are. Whatever your gods are. God money, God friendship, God Instagram, God, God fame, God, 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 whatever your God is. The Lord is saying, can you identify me in the midst of your gods? And I promise you, if you do that, I will change you from being Simon, which means, which means it's stable. And I will make you Peter, which means rock solid. And I will make you part of the church.